Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 43. Everything I'm talking about in this episode comes from the week of October 9th. I apologize. My voice is a little scratchy. That's just how it is sometimes. Here's what I'm talking about. Loudoun County schools are being sued for $30 million. A Wisconsin judge rules in favor of parents. Homeless camps in school parking lots. I'll give you a couple of updates from California. And I'll finish with how to do a public records request. Stay tuned for that. Story number one, the Loudoun County School District in Virginia is being sued for $30 million. This is a story that's been going on for a few years. I've talked about it many times on this podcast, and I even wrote about it in my book. Basically, if you're not familiar with that story, here's what it is. Basically, a teenage girl was raped in her high school bathroom by a quote-unquote gender-fluid boy in a skirt. The school at the time allowed trans students, quote-unquote trans students, to use the bathroom that aligned with their gender identity. So the boy in the skirt was actually encouraged by the school to be in the girl's bathroom. What's worse than that is a teacher actually saw two sets of feet in the bathroom stall while this occurred, and the teacher did nothing to stop it. I guess it's just business as usual. So the girl and her family began to be intimidated by school personnel and members of the community to not share their story. And then during a school board meeting, after this rape occurred, the school superintendent, who was recently fired, by the way, he even tried to cover it up, saying that there was no record of sexual assault. He said that while the girl and her father were in attendance at the school board meeting. So naturally, the father of this girl got heated, you know, about all these lies and these threats that were being thrown around. He ended up getting arrested at the school board meeting and charged. So not only was his daughter raped, lied about, disregarded, but he was arrested, dragged out of the meeting, and nationally embarrassed. So the girl and her parents filed a lawsuit in federal court last week, claiming that the Loudoun County School Board violated Title IX, which prohibits schools from discriminating on the basis of sex. It requires them to investigate claims of sexual assault and forbids them from retaliating against students who report such incidents. The girl's father said, quote, it's been a very long two and a half years for my family to get here. We have put together a very strong Title IX lawsuit that we hope sets precedents across the nation to protect children and hold school districts accountable, end quote. So this lawsuit should put every school in America on notice. If you have or are considering implementing a quote-unquote transgender bathroom or locker room policy, you are liable for what happens in those bathrooms and in those locker rooms, and you'll be held accountable. There should be a zero-tolerance policy across the country that says males use these facilities, females use those facilities. Males play on this team, females play on that team, and that's it. 
So I hope this girl and her family win big. Story number two, the Kettle Moraine School District, which is about 30 minutes west of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, has been facing a lawsuit since 2021. I've touched on this story in the past because I have friends and family in this school district. The lawsuit is over parental rights and was filed by two sets of parents who claimed the school district's uh, policies violated their rights to make medical decisions for their own children. So these parents are being represented by the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty and the Alliance Defending Freedom. One set of parents said that their middle school daughter told them she wanted to be a boy. The parents decided they were not okay with this and they even instructed their daughter's school to use her legal name and to use her female pronouns. But the school refused to cooperate with the parents. The school sided with the girl and the school made the decision to go ahead and change this young girl's identity against her parents' wishes. At that point, the parents withdrew their daughter from school and soon after, wouldn't you know it, the girl no longer wanted to be a boy. Well, just last week, a Waukesha County Circuit Court judge decided in favor of the parents and ordered the school district to stop referring to students by, quote, a name or pronouns at odds with the student's biological sex without parental consent, end quote. The judge continued, the school district could not administer medicine to a student without parental consent. The school district could not require or allow a student to participate in a sport without parental consent. Likewise, the school district cannot change the pronoun of a student without parental consent, without impinging on a fundamental liberty interest of the parents, end quote. So yeah, that's common sense. You know, it's great to have parents in the loop and to get parental consent, you know, but really this stops way too short. So assuming that parents give their consent to the school, to go ahead and lie to their children about their gender, right? About their identity. Is that supposed to be a good thing? You know, you're still lying to these kids about who they are. Having parental consent doesn't make it any better. You know, you're doubling down on make-believe, forcing confusion onto children and brainwashing them into thinking they were born in the wrong body. You know, parental consent is always appropriate, but if we're still allowing schools to lie to kids, as long as we have parental consent, that's not the big win that people think it is. You're still lying to these kids. All right, story number three. Here are a few updates from California. In Fresno, California, the Fresno Teachers Association, which is the teachers union for that school district, has been negotiating their contracts. And as part of their contract negotiations, they've included a stipulation that would allow homeless people to set up homeless camps in their school parking lots. Not only that, but they want $500,000, half a million dollars, allocated for security at these homeless camps. So the school district has stated that they have no intention of allowing homeless camps to be set up in their parking lots. So they're at odds with the teachers union. So what does the teachers union do? Well, they threaten to go on strike, of course, but remember, it's all about the kids, right? 
So yeah, homelessness is of course a huge issue in this country. And it's shameful how we generally treat the homeless in our country. But is it the place of the local school district to take on this issue? And where do we draw the line? Well, how about we draw the line at say, oh, I don't know, education? Schools should be about education. But more and more, our public schools are focusing on activism and radical political ideologies. We're raising a generation of activists who've been indoctrinated and not educated. So many children can't read at grade level. They can't do math at grade level, but they can sure talk about how they're oppressed. You know, we're not using tax dollars for education anymore. It's all for some sort of a cause. And that's yet another reason to leave the public schools. Another update, Assembly Bill 665 deals with minors being able to give consent for mental health services without their parents around. This bill was just signed into law and it's been called the state sanctioned kidnapping bill. Like I said, it's now the law in California and it's a big deal because in the long run, it will allow mental health professionals to remove 12 year old kids from their home without parental knowledge or consent. I know that's a shocking statement and it might cause some of you to just disregard it, not take it seriously, not believe it. So let me go into the specifics a little bit to show you exactly how the state actually has the ability to remove children from their homes and the parents can't stop it. So it's all in the bill. You can read it for yourself. First, the bill defines what a quote mental health treatment or counseling service is. Things like a government agency, a runaway house, or a crisis resolution center. Anything with working professionals that's funded by the state. Then this bill, which is now the law, says that a child that's 12 years old and up, they can give consent to mental health treatment on their own without their parents as long as they meet these two requirements. Here's requirement number one. First, that 12-year-old must be mature enough to participate in the services. Quote, unquote. This is what the bill says. Quote, mature enough to participate, end quote, in the services. And who is determining if this 12-year-old is mature enough? It certainly is not the parents, but it's a professional person, quote unquote, professional person. That's the first requirement. Then the second requirement is this 12 year old must present a danger to themselves or others, and they must be an alleged victim of incest or child abuse. All right. Those are the two requirements. They're much mature enough to participate and they present a danger and they're an alleged victim. Okay. Now, whoever this quote-unquote professional person is that's dealing with the child, the law says this professional person shall make their best efforts to notify the parent or the guardian unless that professional person determines that parental involvement is inappropriate. So the law says you got to try to include the parents unless you think it's inappropriate. Okay, so if I'm a professional person and I say, I think it's inappropriate, that's good enough for the state. How ridiculous. So if a child comes to a government worker and says their parents are abusive, how are these professionals going to verify those allegations if they don't even think it's appropriate to contact the parents or involve them for whatever reason? Everything boils down to the word of a 12-year-old and the opinion of a professional person. That's all it takes for state authorities to place a 12-year-old in one of their defined treatment or counseling services. 
And this is for any mental health issue a child might have. It could be about gender identity, physical abuse, mental or emotional abuse, drug use, violence. So it applies to everything. It's scary stuff. And this is not just an idea anymore. This is the actual law in California. Story number four. Before uh, I get to the final story, I want to talk about the Black Lives Matter organization, BLM. In a recent social media post, the BLM Chicago chapter supported the Palestinian attack on Israel. The post was an image of a paraglider or a glider of some sort with the Palestinian flag. And I'm sure you've seen the videos of, you know, members of Hamas gliding into that music festival in Israel and killing hundreds of civilians, slaughtering them. So BLM Chicago went out of their way to support that act. And I just want to remind you all that BLM, which I've said for years, and they admit themselves, is a Marxist organization. They also provide curriculum for schools. And many schools are using their curriculum, the same group. So I've covered this before, but schools around the country have used and still plan to use BLM's school curriculum, especially during their quote-unquote week of action. That's where students are indoctrinated with all sorts of Marxist theories. So my point is, if you're in any school, public or private, don't let this BLM curriculum or their week of action come anywhere near your kids. All right, finally, I want to finish with a helpful resource for parents, families, or anyone really who wants to know what's going on in schools. You know, what's going on behind the curtain, so to speak. In my book and in many interviews I've done, I try to point out how mandatory teacher trainings can be used to sneak in radical ideologies behind the curtain and into public school classrooms. And I've often been asked, so how can parents know what's in those teacher trainings? And my initial answer was, well, you really can't. Well, now one group called the Parents Defending Education, they've mastered the art of filing what's called public records requests. All right, public records requests. That's the answer to the question. How can parents know what's in those trainings? Through public records requests. Now, this is all made possible because of the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. That's the secret weapon for parents, all right? I've included the link to this group's website, you know, where they run you through the whole process, but if you're a parent or a group and you wanna know what training materials are being pumped into your local schools or you want to know what emails the teachers and administrators are sending with your tax dollars, a public records request is the way to go. So I'll read you something. This is straight from the group's website, Parents Defending Education. Quote, public school records available include emails from the email addresses of public school officials, including principals, school board members, teachers, staff, and anyone with a school email address. Also available are contracts, curriculum, trainings, videos, text messages, and other records that provide valuable information about events, classes, and other issues that may cause you concern, end quote. Now, it can take anywhere from a few days to a few weeks to get the information you're looking for, so visit defendinged.org. 
defendinged.org, or just click the link in this podcast page and learn how to file your own public records request. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. That's the State of State Schools. Take care.